the amount of work you put in, you get to reap those financial benefits. Um, so that's what I love about it. So yeah, my target is 220,000, but if I were to, you know, kill my quota and, and, you know, sell more than expected, I can make even more than that. Welcome to another episode of Tech is the New Black, your source for discovering experts in the technology space that are giving exclusive secrets and tips meant to help you break into tech, scale in this industry, and maybe even start your own billion dollar tech company. Now look y'all, have a really amazing guest today. One of the things I typically run into is that people are constantly asking me tech sales questions. People are like, Cyrus, how do you like working in tech sales? And you know, spoiler alert, I actually don't work in tech sales. I've never worked in tech sales. But the reason why people tend to think that is one, maybe because of my interview with Anthony O'Neill or others, or two, because my title is sales engineer. And so naturally people can conflate that and think that that's a tech sales role. But actually I'm not in tech sales, but I work directly with those that are in tech sales. So y'all, the special prize that I have for y'all today, special treat, is our guest who actually is in tech sales. She's actually scaled in this industry, this space as well. She's full of knowledge, full of stories, full of experience that she's gonna share with y'all today. So my guest today is Astrid. I'm gonna read her bio for y'all. So Astrid is a 25-year-old Latina working in tech sales as an account executive and making six figures uncapped. Also known as FinTech Latina, on social media, she creates content focused on career development, how to break into tech sales, salary negotiation tips, and financial education. You can find her taking a more personal approach on her page and documenting her own career journey as a young Latina professional working in the tech industry and striving to reach financial independence. Her hope is to help others learn from her successes and mistakes who wish to follow a similar path. Astra, how are you doing today? I'm good. It's so great to see you again, Cyrus. It is. It is great <laughs> to see you too. It's it's so cool because I think our la our only time seeing each other in person was on a triple date. Yes, exactly. Yeah. A whole triple date. Exactly. Yeah. I met I met you along with you know your friend yeah, and yeah. you know our partners and that that was a fun time. I I mean I hope we can do it again very yeah, soon. Yeah, that was super fun. Actually, uh, we just went recently to a Luminarium. Uh, oh yeah, just, on just the a few days line. ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Have you, did you go to that? Before? I know we talked. I haven't about been. It. I've been to the one a similar thing in Miami, which is really cool. So definitely uh, check that one out. But it's really nice to see all like the the artwork kind it of was in, cool. immersive experience. Yeah. So it, definitely, it, it definitely was super would be dope. back. So we we definitely should uh, should do another uh, triple date or something like that, or grab another couple mm -hmm. do a quadruple date, uh, and, and go to a luminarium. So let, let's jump straight into it because mm -hmm. th th these are the things that people want to know. So you're in tech sales, you're an account executive. Mm -hmm. So one of the things people want to know is how much do you make? Okay, we'll get right into it. Yeah, you're like right into so, it. So no, I, I know I, I'm very open about my pay. I think pay transparency is super important, mm -hmm. um, especially in tech sales. What I love about my job is that when you're in sales, you're in sales to make money. Yeah, definitely. So the comp a company wants to hire you because you're, you're going to help them make you know, money. Yeah, you're, you're making them money. So they want someone who's hungry and who wants to, you know, make a lot of money for themselves because that usually uh, equates to more sales in general. Yeah. Um. So how much I make? So I like to start off um, straight out of college when I first started my mm -hmm. role because I've been in the same, um, I've been in tech sales since uh, I left college. Um. So initially, I started off making 90K, so a pretty high base, actually. Okay, was uh, the, 90K, the 90K base, base? and my wow. OTE, which is called an on-target earnings. So mm -hmm. OTE is essentially your base pay plus your commissions, mm -hmm. um, and that translates to OTE. So it's essentially like 
what you would make in a year if you were to achieve your quota at 100%. Yeah. So my base pay was 90K. I was in New York City, so it's a high cost of living city. Oh, okay. That, that's okay, why. Okay, yeah. um, so definitely, you know, they accounted for just how, how expensive everything is. Um, so my base pay was 90K, and then my OT was 135K. Okay. Um, so that's that's oh, good. It's a really good amount good. straight away. Especially starting yeah, out. Yeah, starting out. I was going to say, and I, I tell people this because, again, it, it's truthful, but usually that's not the case. Normally, I think the OT is around 90K usually. Yeah. Um, but it is very possible to make when you that. When you started out at, at that were you were you an account executive or did you start out at no SDR? i was an sdr so i That's actually crazy. did a, a six month my company had a six month training program before yeah. you uh joined a team and then were the str sdr for that team um so i i got was very lucky um in that sense so as an sdr after the six month training program i did six months as an sdr for my team yeah. and then i got promoted afterwards i did really well um for that team and i got promoted and then i became uh what's called an smb um account manager slash i would say account executive um, but yeah. more so i worked with small to medium-sized businesses and my base pay ended up moving up to 95k um, and then my OT was 171,000. So already after about a year, I was like, wow, like you can really make some money. In I want to pause job. real quick because this is crazy. Like l legit, not even just not even just for the, the watchers and listeners, mm -hmm. but even for myself. Like I'm learning a lot right now because usually when people hit me up talking about um, SDR, BDR roles, mm -hmm. I tell them, OK, well, starting out, you might be looking to make about 65 to 85K. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I've never heard of as you know. Yeah. Mind you, I'm not in tech sales, so I'm not even saying this yeah. is rare. I'm just saying that it, it's it's great to hear that. Wow, no, I you you can make like really good money and, SDR BDR. And again, it is that is not the norm. So you're yeah. right. But what I tell people though is that even if you're starting off making sixty five to eighty five k, which is a great that's still good salary, money. That's good, good money, money, great money. Um, the fact that you have the option to get promoted so quickly, yes. again, six months to a year, yes. that is what you should be focused on mm -hmm. because I went from, let's just say I was making 85K, mm -hmm. I still would have been promoted and got into the range of making the 170,000 OTE. Yeah. So that's why I tell people that you have to think of, I don't wanna say the long-term, cause it's not long-term, it's, it's six not, months to a year, but think yeah. of like, okay, that's my goal is I yeah. wanna make it to account exec after um, my initial role as an SDR. Um, so I put in a lot of work as an SDR, got promoted, um, and then just recently, uh, back in I think April seems like a long time ago. <laughs> even though you know this year has gone by so quickly, um, now I'm making my base pay is 144,000, and my OT is around I think two two twenty, uh, two hundred twenty thousand. So That's incredible, or plus even more. So like I said, what I love about being in in tech sales is that your pay is essentially uncapped. uncapped. Like the amount of work you put in, you get to reap those financial benefits. Um, so that's what I love about it. So yeah, my target is two hundred twenty thousand. But if I were to you know kill my quota and and you know sell more than expected, I can make even more than that. Yeah. So I I I tell people that I I'm so grateful at my age, being twenty five years old, to be able to make that kind of money. Um, it's just it's just amazing to me. So, so one other thing that you just taught me. 
so usually when people people ask me, hey Cyrus, well I don't really know that much about tech. Even if they do like uh, some type of tech sales boot camp, they're afraid that they think, okay, well what if I'm kind of thrown out there to the wolves? And I usually tell them, well yeah, most tech companies you're gonna have you know two to three months of training, but you said you had six months. Yes. So can you tell me? Is I guess in tech sales, is there usually a little bit more grace period or more training or, or was that still unique with the I, company? I, I think it was in this situation was very unique with the company. Uh, my company happens to do a program, so they'll hire you, you full time, but um, they kind of want to go like really train you. OK, what how do you have a discovery call? How do you learn about the products that you will be selling mm -hmm. before they throw you to the wolves, so to speak? Um, but I know that there's a lot of companies that still train you, maybe take a month to do that as they transition you um, to you know, be put in front of customers. Um, what I tell people is that if you work in tech sales, you wanna take the initiative um, to prepare yourself for it. So some of the things I recommend is look into any educational materials that your work offers. So your company, mm. you know, they want you to sell their product, but they, they can't just make you sell a product you have no idea yeah. what the product does, you exactly, know? So yeah. the, a lot of companies such as mine um, offer their sellers, like here's some training on the different products that we sell mm -hmm. so that you're prepared to, you know, to discuss them with customers. And mm -hmm. they, some of them includes like, okay, here are common objectives you might hear, here's yeah. our good um, case studies we have that you could present to the to your clients of like, we've done this before with the product and how yeah. we've helped other clients similar to yours. So. I, I really uh, focus on, okay, learning about tra training yourself. Um, another thing is uh, finding mentors within your company. Mm -hmm. I think if you find mentors that you can shadow and maybe ask, hey, can I join your calls and sit in the back and listen to how you um, handle your calls and your conversations with the customer, that can help me. I, I used to do that. I would say, hey, can I join your call and you know, just mm -hmm. sit in the back and see, you know. How would they, you have you ever, asked someone to have you ever asked a shadow because there are a lot of people that yeah. are like okay they hear this they're like okay it sounds simple they're like but what if they tell me no or what if i'm bugging them what if i'm nagging them so that in that situation i personally have never had someone say no i think yeah. when you're on a team your team yes you, you know you're you each have your own territory so mm -hmm. a list of accounts where you're selling into but and it seems like okay everybody's out there for themselves but at the same time the fact that there's not really overlap the team just wants you to do well everybody wants yeah. you to grow together because again if your company makes more money then you know the pay is probably going to be greater for everybody yeah. um so uh, I've uh, personally, um, maybe I, I tend to gravitate towards coworkers and colleagues where I know that, you mm -hmm. know, they're, they want to help me. Um, but yes, find people you trust and and ask them like, hey, I, I want to be part of this conversation. And what I tend to do is when I join those calls, if I hear something that I like that they say, like mm -hmm. a certain question, I'm like, wow, I never thought to ask that. But this mm -hmm. opens the gateway to a lot, like, you know, very interesting conversation from the customer. Then I'll write it down so that I can use it for my calls later. Yeah. I'm not a person who reinvents the wheel. I don't like to do that. Yeah. I, I take what works for me and I apply it to my own, you know, personal situation. Yeah. So that's been my focus, um, and it, it's been really helpful for me. Another recommendation I have to um, get promoted quickly or to, you know, really do well in an SDR role, um, I would say is is be willing to ask a lot of questions and just be very focused on, um, you know, d be resilient in a mm -hmm. sense. So when you're an SDR, you're going to be reaching out to a lot of net new customers, people that have never talked to your company before. And it could be, you'll hear a lot of rejection or you'll, you just won't hear anything. 
Um, and so what has we, been, we mean not hear anything you mean like them not responding yeah them not responding so you reach out on email or you call and nobody picks up and it could be heartbreaking because you're like well i need you to pick up because i'm trying to get the business <laughs> you know i need someone to talk to yeah. um and i think the key is is being resilient and realizing okay um i i have to just keep doing my best i have to find creative ways to reach out and i just have to keep you know have a plan in place how many touch points am i going to have with for mm -hmm. a specific customer um what exactly maybe there's um a certain emailing um outline that i can create where you know it, it, it's a i can customize it to each prospect but at the same time it saves me time on you know reaching out so little things like that um have been super helpful for me and and i i give that advice to all new um sdrs you know working in tech sales especially if they want to get promoted quickly mm -hmm. yeah so so you've been an sdr and uh for clarity sdr and bdr is the same thing it's, it's just similar. different titles. Yeah, yeah every company has slightly different titles i mean yeah. even an account exec sometimes they'll call you uh, a solutions consultant at times or maybe oh, a sales like that's there's that. different different names um so it just depends on your company yeah um but i i think the traditional naming would be sdr slash bdr and yeah. then you move up to account exec okay so so you've done that and also you've been an account executive and you've kind of been like an in-between type of account executive as well what is the difference like okay you get promoted so we know account executive generally you're gonna make more money mm -hmm. But apart from making more money, what is the difference in terms of roles? Between an SDR and an account exec? Yes. So um, an account exec, uh, essentially, like in my, in my job, you're in charge of managing, for the most part, the end-to-end uh, -end sen sales cycle of um, deals you're trying to close and maintaining the relationship with the client. So, mm -hmm. and you work closely with SDRs and they um, they essentially go out there and they're, they're prospecting and they're trying to acquire new customers. So what an SDR does is they, they have a set list of accounts um, and maybe an area of like, okay, we're looking to, to sell to businesses within a specific area, mm -hmm. maybe a specific state. Um, so you reach out to, um, potential customers that fit that criteria and you have what's called a discovery call with them. So a discovery call yeah. is basically you're a beginning conversation where you figure out, you qualify a lead, the lead, mm -hmm. you figure out, okay, is this a, a customer who will buy from us? Like, will our product that we're trying to sell solve the particular pain points and needs that yeah. they're trying to solve? Um, and are they likely to buy it? Like, do they have the budget in place to buy from us? Um, so you ask those questions and you essentially qualify, okay, this could be a potential customer who will buy from us mm -hmm. and, and we can sign a deal with them. So then after that initial discovery call, once you've qualified the lead, then you pass that on, um, that lead on to the account executive you're working on. And from there, then they uh, take that uh, information and then they call up the customer, the prospect again, and then they start continuing with the conversations and really building out, okay, what is the problem you're trying to solve? Yeah. Uh, you know how maybe we can do a POC to see how our our technology. Do you work with issues. uh? So so, so, so yeah, obviously yeah. I'm a sales engineer. Yeah. And my side of it is that depending on the company, so uh, depending on the company, I might be at one company where the sales engineer might be a part of the discovery mm -hmm. to some degree. But then I've also worked like my first company, Dialpad. No, I was never a part of any discovery. Yeah, literally, mm -hmm. all I did was my. You brought in for I the demo. I just demos. the demo. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So, 
as an account executive, do you have you been a part of demo? Like, have you looped in sales? So engineers? it's funny in my particular role right now. I've been involved with N10. I've been the person actually doing the doing discovery the cover yeah. call okay. uh, as well. Um, so I do work with SDRs, but at the same time, I pretty much manage the whole relationship with the client or or new prospects. Um, and I'll loop in sales engineers to do the demo when necessary, mm -hmm. and I'll be on the call, of course, um, and help facilitate um, those conversations. But um, for me, I think it really just depends on the company you work for. But I, I kind of like being managed. I'm, maybe I'm a little bit of a control freak, but I like managing the whole relationship. Yeah. And then I bring in the right people that I need to in order to, again, drive that sale to yeah. make sure that it closes. Um, so that's the responsibility I take on. And again, I what I love about tech sales too is you work with so many different people. Not only are you mm -hmm. talking to clients and different businesses day to day, but again, internally you're working with so many different groups. You're working with um, your, your sales engineers yeah. to help you know do dump, demos and proof of concepts. You're working with the SDRs to help, again, qualify leads. You're working with product managers because Product managers um, are in charge, you know, making sure certain features of a product yes. are there, um, and then you're kind of an extension of that because then you take that and then you that sell product. that. Yeah. <laughs> you sell the product, yeah. and you're trying to sell that dream and idea too. And maybe product managers are not super happy with sellers because we we might come back and be like, hey, the customers say this doesn't, you know, this they want to have yeah. this pro this feature and we don't have it and yet. And they're like, that's not on the roadmap. <laughs> yeah, yet. the roadmap yeah. exactly. You always hear uh, essentially there's this roadmap where yeah. uh, product managers you know for a product they'll they'll release certain features based on customer yeah. need they'll say, oh, um, that's slated to come out yeah in, in q3 and then you'll have sellers well like hey i'm trying to close this deal like the, they'll yes. buy right away if this feature is available so can we get that done so little things like that but again having those i work with customer success managers which um is more of a post-sales support role mm -hmm. but they uh also have they're incentivized as well to work with me um uh, because for instance, if I already have a, I have a mix of both new, net new customers and established customers. So if I already have an established customer, my goal is to get them to buy more from us, to grow um, on, let's just say, our cloud. Right now, I currently sell my company's cloud services, so to help them grow, uh, grow on our cloud, so that we can bring in more revenue. So I work closely with them because they're also incentivized to have the revenue grow as well as mm -hmm. a post sales um, support team, essentially. So little things like that, I love the relationships that I get to build both internally and externally from my company. Yeah, that's that's super cool. So, all right, so you so you are a a woman of color in tech, mm -hmm. and as we know, the the tech space, they're majority men mm -hmm. and majority even when it comes to women not being women of women of color. Mm -hmm. But also we look at like sales, like sales in general. Like the majority of people that tend to go towards sales usually are men or the majority of people that are in sales are men. Especially but in you, tech too. Yeah. Tech and that's what I'm saying. You <laughs> merge it together like you're in tech sales. Yeah. You're literally in a in a hybrid where each of those industries by themselves are, are more saturated with men. Mm -hmm. And but then you're like in a hybrid that yeah. now kind of compounds that. Mm -hmm. So how do you navigate as a, as a as a as a Latin woman as a woman of color? How do you navigate in tech sales? And I guess what are some of the the pros and cons you see of yourself being in this space? Yeah, so it, it's a lot, and it's so funny. I think growing up, I've always loved to be in spaces where you know if somebody. 
not that anybody has directly said you can't do this, but it feel, yeah. if I'm in a uh, feel like, okay, I need to break some glass ceiling, I want to break that glass ceiling. I yeah. want to, you know, do better. So it, it's funny, even in um, college, I, um, I studied electrical engineering and you'll you're come to hear that in engineers i think females i don't know the exact percentages it's but you very, it's very yes. low and i mean nowadays i think uh now a lot of more women are pursuing stem which is so great to yes. see um but even in um working in tech sales a lot of times i'm in when i join conversations with customers i am probably usually the only woman in that uh, you know on the on the call um the only woman of color and i'm usually the youngest to be honest a mm -hmm. lot of my colleagues tend to be older and it, it seems like a hidden secret of of people you know young people working in in tech sales um so how how, how like we, we had someone on who she's 42s people ask us all the time and i want to stop here what the age angel? yeah like people are like well people ask oh am i too young and then other people are like oh i'm a too old so we've had someone on who's 42 and we have a guest who's coming on later yeah. and um, um or we have a guest who's coming and uh, i think he's around 50 he might be a little yeah. over 50 so we've got that covered but like how young are you as an account executive in tech sales making over 200k so there's a lot there's a lot of young professionals in tech sales but i think Again, I I am probably like most of my colleagues. I am the next. I, again, I don't know. I don't know the particular ages, but I think my next colleague is around. I think is twenty years older than me, to be honest. So Whoa. I work with a lot of people who I honestly see. They kind of treat me like a daughter, my coworkers, because oh, okay. I'm like the youngest on the team. But I think that I take such pride on that. So you talk about the pros and cons, and so it can be intimidating. And I'm like, oh wow, I am having conversations when I when I talk with clients. I am talking to like C-suite level people, the so CEOs, cool. the CSOs, like of big companies, yeah. and. And I'm helping uh, influence their decisions and recommending technology to them. That's and I'm amazing. like, that is so when I think about it, it's intimidating. But then I think about, wow, like how many people at my age can say that? And so I take pride of that. And um, it kind of ties into imposter syndrome. I, you know, I know we, we all feel it, whether you're, you know, a person of color, whether you're male, female, black, yeah. blue, white, whatever it is. A lot of people tend to feel imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. um, and I think what helps me combat that is First, I focus on the facts. What have I done in my job that has gotten me to where I am today? And mm -hmm. I, I always keep a list of accomplishments on the side that I've done That's to help great. me with like salary negotiations and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But also just to remind myself like, hey, this is these are the facts. I've closed X, Y, Z, you know, deals. Yeah. I've brought in this much revenue. Um, I've positively impacted my team in this way. Um, so I, I use that to remind myself like I am where I'm supposed to be. And a lot of times too, I think about, especially people working in tech sales, think about it. And it, you, you've been hired by your company to literally represent them. Like you, they, they've hired you as yeah. a salesperson to talk to other businesses and represent them as a company to sell their products. Yeah. So they must have a lot of faith in you <laughs> yeah. to, to do that. Like, yeah. cause you're not just working internally and uh, you know, yeah, doing another job. You're customer facing. You're, yeah. you're customer facing. Yeah. And that to me, again, at, at being 25 so young, I'm like, wow, like that fills me with so much pride. And I, I, I take that with me and I remind myself every day. I'm like, they must be, they yeah. must see something in me. Especially so. the notion that you, you went through four or five rounds of interviews. Yeah, exactly. You so it's, some it wasn't it wasn't that oh someone might have made a mistake and hired yeah. you on. It's like you went through rounds with different people exactly. where they all agreed and said, "Hey, we want this person at our company. 
representing us. Exactly. So it's not a, it's not a hiccup. Exactly. Or a it's at not all. a mistake. So I have to. I always try to flip it on the positive, and I think of. Um, I remind myself of that. Another thing, again, adding to being a woman of color. So you don't. I, I put a fact out the other day that only 2% of Latinas in particular are in the tech industry. Whoa. And so th- that, to me, that is a very sad <laughs> percentage is, to hear. But is, I want to yeah. be, I know for me, when I see people similar to me, if I see a strong Latina woman in, you know, in a position of power, it inspires me to want to um, get to that same uh, position, to mm-hmm. want to work towards that. Um, so that's kind of been my goal is I want to help break into those spaces and show other Latinas or just other people of color like hey if I can do it you can do it too and let's do it together because there is a seat at a table for everyone that's true those are straight up facts uh there was a, a recent um you shared this with me uh recently and uh, correct me if, if I get this yeah, wrong no, but no. that they're like Latin women are the actually the least paid demographic yeah so no yeah i last year i um saw i read an article where yeah latina women are the most underpaid demographic working demographic in the u.s wow so they make i think the statistic is they make 57 cents to the dollar that every that to every dollar that a white male makes yeah Um, so you know you hear those comparisons you'll Mm -hmm. see like 70 cents to a dollar so but the fact that they're the lowest paid working demographic i was like that's a neat again being latina but on top of that being a woman a, yeah. a latina mm-hmm. it 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 just opened my eyes and i was like wow um especially coming from a low-income background i didn't grow up with much money mm-hmm. um so i i take pride um in the fact that i'm making good money now at yeah. my young age at such a young age and i just want to keep working towards that i remember when i first got my job offer um it, it was it was uh, crazy to me because I was going to make more than my parents combined. Wow! Uh, at the time, Do your parents know that. Uh, yeah, no, they, they knew that. They're so proud of me, and I and it opened my eyes. I was like, wow! And but the reason why I was able to get such a a good salary um, starting off because I was a priority of mine. I kind of. Uh, focused on that yeah. is because when I was doing engineering, um, I went to a really good college. I went to Princeton University. Um, so again, you know, the cream That's, of the crop. Yeah, I like school really good. And the reason why I say that is because um, when I was going there, um, graduating from college, I was my colleague, my colleagues. Yeah, my um, my fellow colleagues, they were looking for jobs in like software engineering or investment banking, mm-hmm. and they were getting offers for six figures easily so i was like if they're out of college with no experience are making 100k off the bat i know with yeah. software engineering you know you code so you you tend to make more um, that's more uh, a skill that's more in demand but still if they were going to make six figures off the bat then why can't i do that yeah so i was very focused on hey let me get as close to six figures as possible and again not if it doesn't happen doesn't happen but at the same time the fact that you put that in my sphere of influence yes. that's something i'm going to work towards um so the, i i credit that a bit to why um i did end up getting offer uh for six figures because i was so focused on negotiating for that and working towards yeah. that um so that's why i'm very again going back to the pay i'm very open yeah. about pay because we tend to limit ourselves if we don't know (laughs) what's out there. So going to negotiation, like what are some, I guess some either experiences you've had with negotiation and maybe even like advice or tips? Yeah. So, um, 
So nego- salary negotiation. So again, I've been promoted twice in, in two and a half years, which is really, um, you know, I, I'm very proud of that. And yeah. I think that's really that's good, uh, you know, starting off. Um, so what and I, I and that's at the you've been at the same, at the company. same company. So, a lo- so you've got broken tech. Yeah. In tech and you. And it's funny because company. a lot of people I am not against. I'm not against job hopping by all yeah, means yeah. job hop because that you tend to get a better yeah. salary if you job hop. But um, I I like to share my story because it could shows like you don't need to job hop yeah, necessarily to, yeah. to you know get an increase um, in your salary. So I've been able to increase my base pay, not my commissions, but my base pay by more than sixty percent. So that's that that's kind of like wild, and that's why I want to share. Okay, here's what's worked for me. So going back to your question, um, so tips for salary negotiations. So I have four to five steps that I I tell people to follow and piece of advice so the first pull thing, out your notepads yes <laughs> pull out your notepads so the first thing right as i alluded to before write down um your accomplishments so create a google doc create whatever you want if you want to handwrite it um have a list of all your accomplishments and things you've contributed to your job so yeah. whether that's um you know i've closed this deal i've been able to um, bring in this much revenue um i helped you know uh my teammates do this I've created like email prospecting scripts for my team. Yeah. Anything that you've seen has made a positive impact to your team, write mm-hmm. it down. And the reason why you want to write it down is because you can, uh, when end of the year reviews come or whenever your reviews come, mm-hmm. you can leverage that list to back up, you know, your ask for a, a raise yeah. or a promotion. So that's the number one thing I always recommend. The second thing is have a good relationship with your manager. Now, there's a lot of people that will say, well, I don't like my manager or, you know, I don't want to talk to him. I'm hands off. But believe it or not, the past two times I've gotten promoted, I I haven't had to really actually back up my ask as much wow. because I've the, my manager has seen the hard work I put in based yeah. on the relationship we had. When we yeah. have those one-on-ones, I'm very transparent. Okay, this is the work I'm putting in. This is how much, you know, what I'm doing to try to close this deal. Um, and that communication, I think, is something my manager appreciates. And I, I also tell people this. Your manager wants you to do well. Yeah, they And do. the reason why is because it reflects well it on them. It makes them look if, really yeah, good. If, you're, if they have people yeah. under them that are killing it, at like especially in sales, if, they're, if your team is making money, they're going to be making a lot of yeah. money and it looks well on them. So they want to make keep you happy, essentially. Yeah. I mean, that sounds <laughs> weird, but like they want to make sure that you are happy. Mm-hmm. Um so that is something I tell people to focus on too. The third thing would be um, start the conversations early about your uh, promotion. So mm-hmm. my very first manager actually told me, a, a mentor of mine, he said, if you want to get a raise by the end of the year, you need to talk at the beginning of the year with mm. your manager that, yes, hey, I real. am looking for a raise and by this much and, and, and have that on, like open and honest conversation with them and say, what do I need to do to get that raise? Yeah. So... Um, you ask them for specific goals and and uh, accomplishments that you need to achieve by the time, so that um, so that you can get the raise. You know, <laughs> it's crazy, like that you say that because my, my first company that I was at, I brought up a raise, and, and I wasn't asking for it at the moment, mm-hmm. but I just brought it up. Yeah. And when I had when I had brought it up, the, the person I was speaking to, he was uh, very, very, very high up. He was like yeah. over the entire department. Mm-hmm. When I when I just brought it up, he was kind of like Cyrus, no nah, man, no nah, buddy, we're we're far <laughs> far away before we're talking about giving you a raise. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, I said I'm not asking for one right now. I said I just wanted to know like what's a timeline. Yeah. But it was interesting that 
I brought it up to him and just dropping that seed. You know, we laughed mm-hmm. about it after that, but just dropping that seed, not even two months later, I brought it up again just to know, like, hey, like, what's timeline yeah, looking like? Mm-hmm. And I let him know, honestly. I said, hey, uh, honestly, I said a, a company is sending me an offer letter. Yeah. I said, I don't want to take it. I said, but I'm just wanting to know, like, hey, what does that look like? Yeah. And he immediately was like, yeah, Cyrus, you, you brought up a raise before. Yeah. Um, he said, he couldn't remember exactly when. You know, he was doing a lot. But he was uh-huh. like, okay, I know it was a few months ago you brought mm-hmm. it up. He was like, it's been a little bit of time. You've been killing mm-hmm. it. He said, yeah, let's look at a raise. He was mm-hmm. like, you know, let, let's talk numbers. Like, what do you want? And I, he jumped at it so quickly. And I, I could tell it was because I had planted that seed yes, before. Yes, exactly. Where when I planted the seed... And then some time went by. So when when the talks of a raise came up again, he mm-hmm. was like, yeah, like you brought it up before and you've been killing it since then. So, yeah, let's talk about and it. And like I said, when you have that conversation bringing up early, it's not only planting the seed, but asking them, tell me specific goals that I need to accomplish. And yes. the reason why I reiterate that is because that puts the onus on them, so to speak, mm-hmm. to tell you, okay, what exactly do they need to see in order for you to qualify for that raise? Yeah. And then so when that time comes and you've done all those things, you know, it's more of a chance that they, they not that they have to give you the raise, but, you know, you're you're more more likely will be able to yeah, get definitely. it I mean, from you, that. You checked off those boxes. Yeah, so exactly. now at that point, if you don't get the raise, they know it makes them look dishonest. Exactly. And, so. and the last advice I give is it's kind of cheesy, but it's so true, is be confident and know your worth. Um, A lot of the times we leave money on the table, kind of like what you said, simply because we don't ask. And the best Mm -hmm. example I can give was, um, I remember at the beginning of the year, my company, we tend to, they move us around a lot. So Mm -hmm. I've been on several different teams. so I was initially, I was with one manager, my new manager, he had never seen me work, but I, I brought up to him, I was like, hey, I would love to get a promotion. Um, and he basically was like, you just got one like 10 months ago, so sorry, like you, not yet, kind of like similar yeah. to you. Um, and so I ended up switching teams and then my new manager, um, again, they were giving, my company was giving raises because our performance was good overall as a company. Um, but I knew the raises max were gonna be, I think, five percent yeah so i was hoping to try to get that i was like you know what i was denied the promotion from my other manager um you know five percent but i'm like wait a minute something in me was telling me i'm like let me ask this new manager uh that i have for a promotion and so i asked him and i've actually worked with him before so he didn't know my work ethic he knew i was a good a hard worker hard seller and um he gave me the promotion no questions asked and um that ended up uh turning into a 26% increase in my base pay versus the 5% that I would have gotten if I hadn't asked for the promotion. So that's why again, my that last tip of just being confident and knowing your worth is nobody's going to give you but you don't get the opportunities that you don't ask for. And you need to be confident in the hard work that you put in. And you oversee your own career. And I always tell people that like, that's a both a beautiful and scary thing to realize because you're like, okay, I'm in charge of my own career. I only me is going to care about me. So yeah. I have to to make sure that I look out for myself and I'm a confident in the hard work that I put in. So that's good. Twenty six percent. That yeah. is insane. And, and so you've been in tech for two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Man, you're already at over two hundred K. Yeah. That is what and you know, it 
what's blowing my mind about this so first off like i we we know each other but yeah. i didn't know you're like like making that much yeah and it's really crazy because when you, when people ask me about tech sales again i only tell them what i know yeah exactly. and i'm the kind of person i try to keep numbers and things more modest uh mm-hmm. so i don't oversell things yeah exactly but mm-hmm. usually i tell people like oh 80 65 to 85 um as a sdr bdr never thought someone could be sdr bdr making over a hundred thousand so i'm okay that's crazy but then two when people are like, okay, I'm trying to get $100,000 within my first year, I usually, and, and I, I know it's very possible, but mm-hmm. I don't, whenever I'm talking to people, I don't know everyone individually. I don't know yeah. how you're going to network. I don't know your work ethic. It depends on the company too. For uh, Yeah, exactly that's another what, huge factor. Where you live. Again, I was in New York City, so a high cost of living scene, they tend to, companies tend to pay uh, higher base pays, yeah. pay salaries. But the reason why I tell people that is, again, it might not be realistic initially, but the fact that that's possible, yeah. you'll, again, you'll, be you'll, there. you'll get there. Yeah. So, because if you tell someone, like some people will think, okay, um, 65k it's a again a great salary yes. especially now if you i don't know what the average pay is but you know a lot of it's people aren't that. yeah they're not making yeah. that money so if someone can make 65k especially yeah. growing up i know my parents weren't making anywhere near that um that to me i've been like oh i'm i'm you know that's awesome mm-hmm. but the fact that i surrounded myself with people who were making six figures straight out of college or or you know doing specific types of it doesn't even have to be someone who's gone to college but you know doing like a, a, a boot camp or anywhere yeah. just any type of job where like that's possible mm-hmm. then to me that should be your motivation okay like I can also do that as well. Um, yeah, I see a lot of people. Oftentimes, uh, one of the things I see with people who are hesitant about taking an SDR BDR role is that they're saying, "Oh, I already make ninety thousand. It looks like if I do this thing, I might have to go to yeah, seventy thousand." Mm-hmm. But one of the things I say to them is like, "Okay, if you stay at your particular career, it's like how long is it going to take you to make what one hundred and ten thousand, one hundred twenty thousand? It's going to take you five, six years." It's like if you take a step back from a year max, a year exactly, you are going to scale beyond that. Like, and again, really fast. it's wh- how many jobs can you say the your pay is virtually uncapped? I yeah. mean, some co- some companies might you know pass a certain amount. They'll be like, yeah, okay, we're not yeah. being. But it, essentially, um, for instance, I have a, a coworker of mine does the exact same thing as me, same role. We sell, mm-hmm. you know, we're on the same team. He made last year over five hundred thousand in commissions alone. And again, Man. his OT might be a little higher than mine, but in general, yeah. not that much. It's not like his OT is 500K, but yeah. he, because he killed it in, you know, in selling and overachieving on his quota, he, you know, he earned half a million dollars in one year. And I'm like, wow, how many positions where I can say someone who's not more senior than me, he does the exact same thing as me. Therefore, I can do that too if yeah. I have, a, you know, a really good year. So that's something now I have that um, in my mind and I'm working towards yeah. that. Hopefully next year. You're definitely gonna be there. Let, let me know. We'll pop some bottles. Yeah, get, get that half a million dollar mark. Uh, so, so apart from working in tech, being in tech sales, you also are a you're an influencer. You're mm-hmm. a social media influencer or, or, or tech tech influencer. So, what does that look like? Like, what does that look like, and how do you define like navigating that? 
So, yeah, so I have uh, Instagram and, and social media, TikTok as well, um, called, my brand is Fintech Latina. So it's, it's, That's a cool, that's so, a cool brand. Thank you. Uh, so before I was working more in the tins, fintech space, but like I said, my company moves me a, around a lot. So um, I kind of has a dual meaning. So fin, as in like finance, when I talk about like my personal mm-hmm. finances and what I've learned along the way, and also oh, cool. tech being in tech sales. And, yeah. and also, again, being in the tech space um, with, you know, like cryptocurrencies and uh, blockchain technology and and um, just everything coming out about mm-hmm. new technology, a virtual reality, I think is really cool yes. as well. I like to talk about that um, on my page. So um, my page, again, as you mentioned uh, earlier, is about sharing my personal journey towards um, financial freedom and how I navigate my career in the in the tech industry, specifically mm-hmm. um, tech sales. And I wanna share with people um, what my what has worked for me and how I've gotten to where I am, whether um, that's through you know my career, like asking for raises and promotions, because I'm a big believer that one of the ways you can earn, you can retire early on any not early, but you can earn financial freedom on any salary. Mm-hmm. But I'm a big believer that one of the quicker way to do to do that is by uh, raising your income. Yes. You know, so I, for me, that's why my career is so important because I'm trying to raise my income so that I, you know, have the option to save and invest my money yeah. so that I can eventually retire early or, you know, choose what I what I want to do. I have more financial freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what my page is about is sharing those experiences. And I that's tell good. people to, um, my page is for everybody, you know, everyone out there, male, female, you know, young, old. But I tend to focus particularly on um, women uh, and especially the Latino community mm-hmm. because um, my community, I always think it's not that we don't want to do better for ourselves. It's more so that we, we you don't know what you don't know. That's yeah. what I think about. So now, go, you know, I want to share my journey and what I've learned there along the way because I think it's a lot of not having access to the right resources to, mm-hmm. to, to educate yourself. So I want to share what I've learned um, and provide that information to my community or anybody out there who, you know, wants to follow a similar path. Yeah. Um, and that's essentially what my page is. And again, being a tech influencer too, I love uh, just, you know, talking with people about being in tech sales. Like I wish it was a career more talked about. Like even coming from Princeton, that was not really talked about. And I I mentioned that a lot because the jobs that they they, kind of promoted was being in investment banking, being consulting, being in software engineering, great jobs. Um, But tech sales, I'm like, wow, this is- It's incredible. Yeah, this is a, a job where at such a young age, you could, like you said, Make scale up so quickly, money. and you yes. and the skills you learn as a salesperson, yeah. I realize like you learn relationship building, yeah. how to network, how to uh, yeah. organize, uh, manage time, manage your time, how to handle objections. All yeah. these skills are so. And you're not you're not micromanaged, exactly. so you have to learn how. It's like to running be your own business, self started. Yes, mm-hmm. and it's like those are skills and assets that that that'll be just translate invaluable. to anything. I was gonna say yeah. if you, if I wanted to start my, I'm not saying I would be uh you know great at my own biz, but let's say I wanted a startup idea. Um, I feel like I have I've been prepared enough or I'm learning a lot of these skills that will translate well into doing that or yes. to translate well yeah. into other jobs. Yeah. Um, so that's why I think I want to promote sale tech sales as a great job for people to look into mm-hmm. and how to break into it because it just it does seem so elusive <laughs> when you first, you know, again, even coming from um, a highly um, 
qualified like network. Do you so. deal? Do you deal with um on, on your platform? Do you deal with people who obviously it's their first time hearing about tech sales, mm-hmm. uh, which it's so mind blowing to me now. Even though I never heard about tech sales until two years ago, yeah. but it's so mind blowing. It's just like yo, like this industry, you're making so much money, yeah. and it's in such demand. It's yeah. not like it's a rare. Like, yeah. Oh, there's there's not in demand. No, and it's I tell people, I'm demand. like the reason why everyone gets paid is because sellers are <laughs> selling the company's money. That's yes. how the company's making money, and it, yeah. it's not to like you know inflate my ego in any way. But my point is, take pride. Like if you want to work in sales, tech sales, like take pride in your job and don't don't let imposter syndrome get in the way from you, you know, uh, doing well and I- excelling. In Do you all. run into people that think it's capped like where yeah. where you're mentioning, oh, tech sales and this is great. And because it's people maybe first time hearing about it, there's like, no, this is a lie. There's no way. Yeah, there's no way you could be making that much. There's no way that I do. And I, I hear that a lot. And that's why, again, my page, I really liked I, I'm very transparent with yeah. with my commission checks, with my pay, the breakdown. I, I recently did a post on how how sellers are paid. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, um, we talked about OTE. So if you. Mm-hmm. You know, if you hit your your sales targets, then you'll get you know base pay plus commissions. You'll hit your OT, which could yeah. be let's say two hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you overachieve, then you get into what's called accelerators. So um, companies they they incentivize you to oh, sell yeah, even to more. Oh yeah, where you can you can earn double. Or I think my company right now they give you two point five times. So for every wow. extra dollar you you sell over your quota, you'll get two point two and a half dollars more. That's crazy. So. So that's where the real money comes. People in. are so quick they work at you know, I guess general companies to try to work overtime because they're yeah. like, oh, I'm gonna get a time, oh, yeah, a time and a half, yeah, time and a half. But it's like you're giving up your time, yeah, like a lot of your time for that, mm-hmm. for that the money. The pay to effort ratio yeah, is not there <laughs> versus being in tech sales where you're not giving up more time. You're just working harder, maybe working smarter, maybe smarter, you're shadowing yeah. some calls, you're learning a few tips of the, of the yeah. trade. And now you're working harder in that same amount of time. By working harder, you're, you're sitting in a chair on yeah. virtual calls usually. But you're working harder. But you're making you can make two and a half times. As yeah, that's it's crazy money. Wild. And a lot of people say too, they're like, "Well, if I if I work in tech sales, like what what if I uh, like how secure is that job? Like what is the job stability of that? Yeah. Especially right now with all the talks of you know the ec- economic downturns and mm-hmm. the tech industry maybe layoffs. But I tell people I'm like. Just based off what I've seen, tech sales is one of the most secure jobs you can have. And here's my reason why. So when I talk to customers, I am building relationship with those companies. Mm -hmm. I am learning about the product. I am talking again to people in the suite suite, they're the decision makers. Um, and, and when I, you know, sell recommend certain technology for them to use. Um, and I have a lot of coworkers too um, that have actually, because of such a great relationship they formed with their clients, they've gone on to work for their clients. Yeah, I was gonna ask you about yeah. that. Yeah. And and actually my company even loves if, if that happens because then it tie you know establishes even a deeper relationship yes, with the other company. That's true. And a lot of again, building networking and building those relationships. Um, is so key. I always tell people when it comes to networking, network, networking again is about building relationship. It's not. It's not about making contacts. You're not just trying to like, okay, I know this person. I know this person. It's like really cultivating a relationship so that they, you know, they trust you. You become a trusted advisor to them. So, um, and again, it's per- particularly working in tech sales, um, when you're in the tech industry, you're 
this is like the industry for innovation. You are mm-hmm. learning so much about different products yeah. and technology out there. Um, it's so funny. I recently closed a deal with uh, with a customer. And it was like a full circle moment because I was trying to log on. Uh, they're actually in the financial services sp- uh, space. And I was trying to log on to my PayPal um, to connect my bank with something. And I saw that PayPal uses that customer for the integration. Oh, okay. So to understand the technology behind it and how they, they're leveraging, like, for instance, our cloud services to help mm-hmm. you know with their application, I'm like, wow, that is so neat to be able to influence the decisions of real products that I see day to day. Yeah, that's, that is super <laughs> cool. Oh, man. So this is good. I know this is good because uh, people have always asked me, like, Cyrus, can you interview someone who's in tech sales? Mm-hmm. Bring someone on who, yeah. who's in tech sales. Uh, it happens a lot. So this is super cool. So I uh, have a last couple questions mm-hmm. that we have to wrap up. So there are people in tech sales who are like you mentioned, you got coworkers that are making half a million. Mm-hmm. I have a guy who just messaged me, or not messaged me, he commented on my Instagram recently, and he was like, hey, I'm in tech sales, I make $800,000 wow. a year. He mentioned, he referenced how much I make, or how much like on my social media says I make, Yeah. and he wasn't trying to throw shots, he was just Yeah, he's like, know. yep, it's he, possible. He said, look, he said, if I made as much as Cyrus says he's making, that would be a bad year for me. He was like, so... <laughs> I need to get to that level. <laughs> so he, he's, he's referencing this. <laughs> exactly. So, the, so it's like, okay, in this space, you can, you know, you're networking with CEOs, C-suite mm-hmm. execs, and also you are, I mean, the, it's almost limitless in terms of how much money you can make. But I want to know, like, with you, you being a influencer, but also you working in this space, like, what's next for you? Like, what are your plans or your goals? What are my plans? So... It's funny. Another reason why I love my job is that you can basically stay in the same position. You don't need to be like a manager or work your way up to keep your earning, you know, to keep increasing your earning, growing your earning potential. Um, so right now, I I currently love what I do. I, like most, yeah. not a lot of people, I feel like can say that with their job, but I love the fact that every day it's something new. Every day it's talking to a new type of customer and handling yeah. again, handling any objections that they may have. Because again, when there when there's let's say conflict in in a conversation, um, I always see that as opportunity. Okay, let me you know figure a way out a way how to solve this, and that's you know and then I can use that later on for another conversation if if, if I encounter or a similar thing Mm -hmm. so for me um i'm really focused on again increasing my earning potential hitting that 500k maybe next year in commissions um and then on the side with my instagram is just making this information more accessible to people just really continuing growing my reach um and 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 again especially to uh, other latinas out there women of color um i want to show that hey like i you can break into the space as yes. well. There, I always say this: there's a seat at the table for everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a big believer of like, um, when I see someone else doing well, I want we should celebrate that. Yes. Um, and I don't know why there's always. I feel like sometimes with women too, we tend to compete with each other because we feel like, oh, there's, there's not, not enough, enough space, space for enough for room, all yeah. of us, so we have to compete. But no, it's like we should celebrate each other's achievements and. And continue uplifting each other, and and realize, hey, if yeah. I can do it, you can yeah. do it as well. And, and so I want to be that. And the that beauty of that is, with you being in this space and you killing it, mm-hmm. it 
it opens more doors. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't take away seats. Exactly. It creates more seats. Exactly. Because others that are decision makers see you killing it. Mm, and yeah. it, people who have biases, mm-hmm. you're able to alleviate or remove those biases exactly. to where now it opens up more space and more room. So people definitely should should celebrate when they see uh, when they see people who, who look like them or represent their community in some it's, kind of way winning. And, and always just having, when you have someone who looks different from you, it creates, there's naturally more diversity of thought. And I think yes. when you have diversity yeah thoughts and opinions and how to you know solve different issues that helps the greater good that that helps solve more problems um out there and and i again i want to continue uh breaking into those spaces and, and having others follow with me and and again tech sales especially to to people i have a, a couple of people from like in college age level or just like young young adults in high school telling me like hey like how you know i've I, i've never heard of from about tech sales like i want to mm-hmm. learn more and i'm like yeah you need to start talking more to like i want to talk more to those young people and say like hey this is a great career option yeah. that you don't necessarily you don't need to a college degree for it <sighs> at wow. all and that's why and again even though i do have a traditional college degree now I, I talk about that perspective because then I realize like it, it shows me even more how it's not needed. I'm yeah. very grateful for my degree. I think engineering taught me a lot, but at the same time, there's so many. A lot of those barriers to entry have been removed. Oh, yeah, you, did, you the, went to school for engineering. Yeah, for but, engineering. So oh, some people so can say, oh, yeah. I should have had questions about that. Yeah. <laughs> so some people can say like, oh well, you have, you know, you, you went to a great school. You have, you know, you have a this degree that seems to be perfect for what you do. But to be honest, everything I've learned, I've learned on the job and it had nothing to do with yeah. from my degree. Mm-hmm. Um, I stumbled upon my job on myself. It was I, cool. they titled, I remember my company, they didn't title it as an SDR, they titled it as a technical solution specialist. So I was like, oh, that sounds like product management. Cool, I'll do that, <laughs> like, that works well. And it wasn't until I think like the third interview that Surprise. the person was like, hey, you know this is sales. I'm like, what, <laughs> what is sales? <laughs> so. But again, I, um, sorry, I, I learned, um, again, once I got the job, I learned so much. I'm like, wow, this needs to be uh, exposed to more yes. people. And I had a coworker of mine actually at the time when I was doing the training program, she actually didn't have um, her degree at all. And what I've learned is that as well, along with the boot camps and like um, programs to, to help you, you know, maybe learn how to code or data and analytics um, abilities, she, a lot of companies now are seeing like, hey, we don't need people with certain uh, college degrees. Yeah. We just want hardworking people who, you know, who wanna put in the work. Um, and we are gonna have these, what they're called apprenticeships, where uh, essentially we will train you for the job. Um, you'll get paid as a full-time employee and then we'll hire you uh, or we'll, you know, will bring you into you know one of our teams um, after that training. Yeah. And so uh, my my coworker at the time, I saw she was going through their apprenticeship doing the exact same thing as me and I was like, "Wow, that's so awesome that more companies are starting to see that and you know cool. and, and making again lower barrier to entries for that." That's dope. I'm so here for it. <laughs> Man, wow, definitely got to talk to you uh more in the future about just, I mean, man, you went to school for engineering and look at you in tech sales, probably making more money than you'd be making if you if you had uh, went into that. Um, so, but uh, we do have to uh, wrap up, mm-hmm. but I, I would love for you to share with everybody again, all of the social channels where they can find you. Yeah. And also like, okay, just a message that you want to leave everyone with. Yes. So, okay, everyone, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok. 
Um, I might add more social media platforms, but uh, it's at FinTech Latina. So F-I-N, like finance, tech, T-E-C-H, and then Latina, because I'm a Latina. Um, and again, my social media, I share my uh, journey in tech sales and how I navigate my career as a young Latina professional working in the tech industry. Um, I also talk a lot about salary negotiation tips, um, as well as my personal finance journey and my uh, journey to financial independence. So follow me on those social media platforms to learn more. And any advice, um, I've mentioned this before and I, I just wanna reiterate it. The best piece of advice I can give is you don't get the opportunities you don't ask for. So remember, you are in charge of your own career. You can change things around um, like you, you may be in a certain position, but there's always a chance to change things and you have to be in charge of, of doing that. Um, so be confident and, and really keep working hard to, towards your goals and you, you'll accomplish them, so. Let's go, let's go. All right, y'all, thank y'all for tuning in uh, to this episode of Tech is the New Black. I uh, had an amazing guest on. I hope y'all go ahead and follow her, uh, check out her stuff, her resources that she has there for y'all. Uh, look. Let us know in the comments how y'all felt about this episode. We're trying to get better. We want to be better for you all because we're trying to tailor this platform to help more people, to help you. Uh, that being said, if you did enjoy this episode, make sure you do all of the stuff that, that I'm going to tell you to do. Make sure you like, <laughs> subscribe, hit any bells, all that stuff. Follow everything to feed the almighty algorithm. So that way you can see more of this content. You can be further educated, but also going back to it being further exposed to help educate others so that everyone can get a seat at this table. We'll see y'all in the next episode.